Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danka, Bharati Jagdish, and Ryan Huang. Now imagine this. What if I told you that whatever you put on your social media account can make the difference as to whether you get or don't get a brand new job? Unfortunate, but true, I believe. I mean, full disclosure here, I do do communications work for a headhunting firm. And I can tell you that a lot of the consultants do look at the social media profiles of candidates before they present them to the clients because the clients insist on it. Around 70% of companies use social media scrapping to learn more about job applicants because they believe that information derived from social media sites is more accurate than whatever they've put on their resume in that sense. Mm, mm. Well, I can understand why they would think so, but in an age where candidates are being asked to curate their social media profiles and to tighten their privacy settings, I'm not so sure if that adage applies anymore, that, you know, on social media, they'll be more authentic. A study by the American Psychological Association, however, has shown that scraping social media sites for information actually runs the risk of making discriminatory and potentially illegal judgments when it comes to hiring decisions, though. For instance, virtually all Facebook pages surveyed revealed gender, racial ethnicity, information, and in most cases, allowed recruiters to identify an applicant's national origin and marital status as well. So is it fair to judge a candidate based on their social media profile? Let's find out more from Andrew Howe, the managing partner of Kincentric. Andrew, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. How are you? Very good, sir. Thanks a lot for helping us out with this conversation. Uh, So we just highlighted this American Psychological Association study saying that a lot of organizational representatives tend to review social media. Is that completely the same here in Singapore? Well, I mean, in a way, yes, I think there's some element of truth to that. I think, I mean, for all of us, social media is great, right? I mean, it makes it easy for us to access uh, information of other people. But I think what needs to be correctly pointed out is that we need to be aware of what we put on social media is actually public information, right? It can be accessed by anyone. And I do see individuals using social media for a couple of things, or recruiters using social media for a couple of things. Getting a good background, understanding a person, whether he has the potential for for the right experience, social media would have some track record of the career. Sometimes they use it to validate information from CVs and perception form during an interview session, whether what the person is saying validates or there are certain themes around it. But I do also see a lot of candidates using social media to get information about the interviewer in terms of what, who they are, where they come from, and what kind of profile. So I guess it works both ways in a way, looking at from an, interview, an interviewer perspective. Yeah, certainly. And I guess it also depends on what exactly you're doing with the information. Like, what information are you focusing on as you look at the candidate's social media profile and how you actually use it in terms of the influence it has on hiring decisions? I was looking at a piece of research done by a group of researchers, some from the University of Iowa, others from the University of New South Wales. Apparently, much of the information, even things such as writing ability or interests, is not predictable of performance. So it really depends on your objectives, right? If you want to get performance-based data, would looking at a candidate's social media really help? Well, I think I, I think correctly pointed out, it could be quite misleading because what you put on there is really, usually, usually will be the best part of what you say or your point of view. 
And I do know recruiters do look at blogs from social media to kind of get to understand a person's point of view of certain issues. But they usually would probe further during the interview to get the right context of some of the information. And I do have seen companies actually do track, for example, the information in social media around career progression, uh, job titles, how, how long have they been in certain roles, is it fast, is the career progression fast or, or slow. That can be also misleading because every organization has their own way of structure and career timelines and jobs, some flatter, some taller. And job titles are even more misleading, you know. So I think if, if, if you just look at that on the surface, I think you, you probably get some information, but it's important to go beneath the information and get a lot more context and information from interviews and also other selection tools like personality tests and things like that. I completely agree, Andrew, because I'm a trained profiler and, you know, it takes a lot to get a baseline of a person's character. These recruiters, they're not trained, I don't think so, to be able to read what they see on social media. Should something like this be provided, training people on how to read a person's character on social media? Right. I mean, I think, I think it'd be useful to, to, to kind of help people understand what to look for and what yep. not to look I mean, what information there that could be misleading. Still having complement with a selection of selection tools, processes, interview, and also unbiased conscious is also a very important thing that comes out. When we look at things, there is a sense of unconscious bias that you come up from a person mm. reading, right? And mm. that usually could be something like a hobby, like I like to play squash and you read up and a guy likes to play squash, right? Yeah. And then say, hey, I think this guy seems to be a good fit, right? <laughs> but, but then... You don't go beneath that, hey, there, there are other things that's going on there. There's yeah. also things like his job experience, his expertise and all. So, so there are some unconscious bias that we all have. It's yeah. not right or wrong, but how to be conscious about it and how to manage that it, as part of the process is really important during the hiring process. Some people have suggested alternative ways of using social media, saying, for instance, machine learning applications may be able to determine certain personality traits from social media profiles and, in fact, help to eliminate some of the unconscious biases that you talked about. What's your perspective on this? Are there tools out there that can help with this? Yeah, if you look at the whole recruitment and selection process, there's a sorting application, pre-screening, you have interview. Then you have the selection and also then at the end of the day, uh, the kind of decision-making process, right? So I think some of the, when, when you look at some of the organizations that advertise of roles, there are thousands of applicants coming in, right? So you, usually they will use some sort of a machine learning AI to kind of screen out some of this based on certain key expertise or key experience looking. That can help with some of the maybe biasness that come out based on what they are looking for in algorithms. Mm. But if organizations do not that have the luxury of doing that, having trained managers to, to, to be able to look at it, to manage the unconscious bias can also work in a sense. Or having more people involved in the interview process, either a panel rather than an individual making those decisions will also help with some of these unconscious biases. Yeah, panel interviews are exciting. But Andrew, what if I don't have any social media would that cause recruiters to trust me less? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're a mysterious man. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I guess see, the key thing is that, yes, you do have information. And I think social media is another point of a data, data point in the whole recruitment process. Mm. Right? So, so you do have your profile, you do have your CV, you, you, don't have, you do have 
your great personality showing up in, on, on the, during the interview. Mm. But if you have a social media, it kind of gives you an additional point. Okay. Kind of validates it. But if you don't, I think it's fine. I think I think we've lived without it for years before the <laughs> media. <laughs> mm. But I would think that that recruiters might be a little suspicious of someone who has no presence at all online. Yes, yes, especially. I, I don't want to be. Well, I think there's there are some demographics to it. I think if they look at certain demographics and they find that we don't have a social media account, it could be a bit strange. But I mm. guess there are certain people who I know some people who who don't put it up there because they they respect their privacy and and they don't want to put some of this more private information out on on the public domain, right? So it's a choice. But whether it's, it's going to be held against you in an interview, I think not. Yeah. Andrew, let's talk about employee engagement traits. I mean, what kind of employee engagement traits do HR personnel look for? What do they need when they when they look at these candidates, when they interview these candidates? Right. Well, employee engagement is, is interesting because I think when employees now nowadays when you look for candidates, they look for a few things okay. in terms of general personality traits. It's not job specific or anything. Mm. It's really looking at how positive is this person? I mean, coming mm-hmm. to the organization, do you have a sense of positiveness? Is it, is it a half glass empty, half glass full kind mm-hmm. of situation, right? Do you, can you work with people? Do you have the right drive? Those are important characteristics, I think, when you go into organization. And in Concentric, actually, we do engagement surveys and we do find profiles of individuals who generally have this sort of positiveness, collaborativeness, drive. But also a, a larger sense of purpose. I mean, a job is not just a job. Can you find meaning in the role that you are in that make a difference either from the organization's purpose or even finding meaning in the role that you play? I think those are important things that we find people coming into roles in organizations, they tend to stay a lot more engaged when coming in with a sense of negativism. Mm. It's not a job that I need to do. I just want to do a nine to five kind of thing mm. and and get my paycheck at the end of the day. I guess that makes a bit of difference between what a candidate would have a higher chance compared to a candidate who may have a, a less chance if it comes with that kind of attitude or, or trait that is being tested. This sounds like a key metric, but can something like that be seen through social media platforms? <laughs> a bit hard, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit hard. I think you can allude to, but there are, there are definitely missing information that is in social media that show that level of positivism and all. I guess if a person put a lot of information about themselves, what they do, what they blog about, there may be some elements of that that has some potential that you can detect. But I guess it's not the only criteria that those will, will determine how engaged a person is in organization. There are a lot of organizational context, infrastructure, what organization values. That's just as important as well as the managers and leaders in organizations. But those are important criteria yeah. to, to, to kind of trace, to kind of detect. A curious question, Andrew, with regard to, and still on the topic of these engagement, employee engagement traits, right? Is there a correlation to the age of the potential employee that you're hiring, especially, you know, on the lines of you know, having value or adding value, finding meaning in the job? And we do tend to see that in some surveys that younger people want to be in jobs with meaning. Mm. Well, I've seen a couple of surveys that have that kind of thing, but I think by large, I don't think that there is any demographic difference okay. in terms of some of this trait. At different stages of a person's life, that the purpose and meaning means different things, right? For, mm-hmm. for different groups, for more mature, they're looking at something that can, they can leave a legacy on. Okay. For the younger ones, they want something they can they pursue a cause that they, they believe as strongly in. 
So the, the purpose is it could be different in the different contexts of individuals at different stages of their life. A growing body of research also actually shows that younger workers tend to be very interested in a company's DEI initiatives, diversity, equity and inclusion practices, when deciding whether or not they want to work for a particular company. I understand that you and the Singapore National Employers Federation actually jointly launched a report on the maturity of DEI practices in Singapore-based firms. What did you find? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting study that we did that we launched, I think, a couple of weeks ago where we, we found that 7 out of 10 organizations do not have a formal program on DNI, which then begs the, the question of why not, right? And I guess the whole DNI kind of practice is really something relatively new to, to organizations in this region. And if you look at it, I mean, there are barriers to, to having a great DNI program. I mean, there are what we call institutional barriers where you correctly mentioned corporate cultures play an important part. There are also personal barriers in terms of certain stereotyping. There are also individual barriers where individuals may not feel they feel that they don't have the safety or the psychological safety to support certain things out, right? So all these are barriers, but organizations are beginning to realize that there are real benefits of having a DI practice and organization. But it has to be linked to the strategic fit of the business. I mean, why do we need a DI? program, for example, does it increase our talent pool because we have a short shortage of, of talent in certain areas? I know the tech sector has is, is looking at a broadening talent pool by having a, a bigger amount of women leaders in, in some of their roles and positions. So to encourage a more diverse thinking is another area that is beneficial to the organization. So there are a lot of different areas that a diversity inclusion practice can come in into the organization. And yes, employees are slowly beginning to realize that, hey, between one between two offers, if I look at an organization where my voice is being heard, I'm more, it's more included, my ideas are being turned off a lot more, I would tend to probably choose the, that organization compared to another one, which has probably has less. Mm. So it, it's slowly becoming an issue around organizations looking at how do I attract the kind of talent I want and with diversity and with inclusion as the organization culture and fit to the business, able to attract the kind of right talent we want in the organization. Great conversation. We've been speaking with Andrew Howe, Managing Partner of Kincentric. By the way, Andrew, our colleague Ryan has been trying to look for you on Facebook. Can't find you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mysterious guy. <laughs> What's your strategy, man? So why, why are you not on, on social media? Well, I am on social media. Not uh, on Facebook in particular? Okay, so why not on Facebook in particular? I think Facebook, if you look at it, as what goes to Facebook is a lot more personal. What goes mm. into LinkedIn maybe a bit more business professional profile. It's more relevant, right, to perhaps your clients or if you're looking for a job in the future. Which brings me back to the point, considering all the downsides of exploring social media that we talked about earlier and how they can unfairly influence hiring decisions, should employers be advised to perhaps stay away from looking at candidates' social media profiles? Unless, of course, it's on a professional networking site like LinkedIn. I guess it, 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 it depends. I mean, for some organizations, having a good understanding of a person besides the professional profile is important. For some organizations, they just want to know more about the person from the professional profile. So it, it depends on the type of culture an organization is kind of operating in and how much in terms of that individual kind of outside work hours they spend on, the, the, the food they like to eat is important indicator for the for their organization. 
We've been speaking with Andrew Howe, Managing Partner of Concentric. Andrew, appreciate your time. Take care and stay safe, yeah? Right, thanks. Thanks a lot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.